welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. On the 17th of July, 2011, I wrote this down, and so this is pretty much uh, uh, 10 years ago. Um, I'm so privileged to have grown up in a family which valued church, not just attending but being planted in. I have a vision burning in me of people being firmly established in the community of believers God has called them to, not only committed but contributing and flourishing. That was 10 years ago. And fast forward 10 years to 2021, and we're in the middle of an unprecedented crisis in the Christian faith a massive generational falling away. And um, in my 47 years of life, I've never known a time in in my spiritual walk where I've um, heard of so many people falling away from God. We're in the middle of it, and it's so concerning that I thought I need to talk about this as your pastor. This morning, large numbers of Christians are deconstructing their faith Um, like never before. Deconstruction is just a flash name for people denying Jesus and turning their back on him. Large numbers of Christians are falling for deceptive thinking disguised as social justice and cultural norms. We've never before lived in a time like this, and larger numbers of Christians are just falling out of fellowship. And I do think that's where it begins, people just don't understand um, the protection and the encouragement that being committed to a local church of believers is. So like never before, I'm I'm coming across people very, very frequently that say, yeah, I I love Jesus, but I don't love the church and I don't go to church. And, And that really does break my heart. And I do think it breaks the heart of God. Um, Just a couple of up-to-date statistics, because I've been talking to quite a few pastors about this. Estimates around New Zealand say that there's been a 20% decrease in church attendance since lockdown last year. So 20% um, decrease. Um, I've talked to people that are in circles uh, with with pastors' networks in the United States, and they say the number is higher over there, um, up to 40%, 30 to 40% drop in weekly attendance since lockdown. Why is that? I think possibly it is because um, as a Western culture, we're no longer pioneers. We're no longer the ones that expand, but we are the the consumers now. Um, Generations have come before us and they've done all the hard work. So we are living in the the product of their blessing, of their hard work. Uh, So because of lockdown, we, we couldn't go to church, and we're thinking, well, my, my life is just as good as it was. Um, you know, I'm pretty busy. Church is no big deal, and we've really lost the heart for church community. Um, attending church service once a month is now considered a regular attendee. <laughs> if you attend church once a month, they say in the Western world now, um, my whole life it's been, you know, you come to church, it's a big priority, and the exception is staying home. Um, If you're almost dead, you stay home. (laughs) But nowadays, it's like, oh, it's a little bit late. I've slept in. It's it's raining. I'll just watch the live stream. You know, we're in trouble. We really are. So I sort of want to grab the bull by both horns this morning and um, just look at at the beginning of the church. Because when you do church study, um, the law of first mention is really important because you see what 
was uh, said about a certain subject at the very beginning, and, and then that sets the precedent, that's the foundation, that's the, the benchmark for, for following on um, with that theme. So let's have a look at the promise of the church, Matthew 16, 18. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a cool thing because um, Jesus isn't lying there. He's going to build his church. The church is always going to be glorious. Um, but the cool thing about Jesus building his church is he never builds something without asking us to participate in it, to be his co-workers. So that includes us. That word church, which is the first mention of it, it's ecclesia. And this is an incredible word. It's a secular term back in the day. And it actually specifically means this, called out to gather together for a purpose. So church means called out to gather together for a purpose. Not just called out to stay at home. Called out to gather together for a purpose. That's the promise, the birth of the church. In Acts 2.40, and I've talked a lot about this uh, with the Holy Spirit series, the, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell on the believers. Um, they went out from the upper room and they declared the goodness of God. Peter preaches, and this is what happens in verse 40. Peter preached to them and warned them with these words, be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture of this world. Note that he doesn't say sympathize with and embrace the perverse culture. Be rescued from the wayward and perverse culture. Those who believed the word that day numbered 3,000. They were all baptized and added to the church, added to the ecclesia. 3,000 were called out from to gather together for a purpose, which is Jesus. How did the early church live? Again, the law of first mention. This sets the foundation. This is the standard. This is the benchmark. When I'm talking about this, let's just maybe have a look at how far we've deviated from this perhaps. Verse 42 of Acts 2, all the believers devoted themselves, all devoted themselves, the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. They worship, verse 46, they worship together at the temple each day, not once a month, each day. Men in homes for the Lord's Supper. So I love that. Church is not just a large gathering. It's not just a small gathering. It's not just a Sunday meeting. It's not just a home group. It's both. It has always been both. And shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Wherever there's joy, there's loudness, by the way. Just throwing that in there. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of the people. And each day... The Lord added to their fellowship, um, again, that's the word ecclesia, added to the church, those who were being saved. That is the standard. And again, talking to a lot of people, I don't think all of them are eggs. I think a lot of them just don't understand the truth of the scriptures and what church really means. Sorry to offend you. I'm, I've been sick all week. My brain, I'm just drugged up on a whole lot of, so... Forgive me this morning. On, on legal flu medication. <laughs> so when Jesus talks about the church, when the Bible talks about the church, it's always in three ways. It's the global church, it's the regional church, and it's the local church, a gathering together of a local group of people. 
And uh, so that's why I'm so excited about this and a little bit um, nervous because I do understand I run the risk of, of maybe some people bailing on church this morning. And that's not my heart. I just really pray that my heart comes through um, with this. Again, um, my passion is for Jesus. My passion is for his church, his bride. You can't separate Jesus from his bride. You just can't. So my question for us today is, are we planted in? Do we love the local church? Are we committed? Are we contributing? Are we invested in the local church? And for weeks now, I've done a bit of experiment, and I do want to say to everyone who loves plants this morning, plants were harmed in the making of the sermon. They were. So this is cool. I've, I've had a series of plants, and um, I've been tending them pretty well. Um, just want to let you know that um, they've had exactly the same watering. They've had exactly the same light. Um, they even survived the storm, or most of them did actually, because they were all outside. The only difference has been the soil. So the first one this morning, plant number one, anti-soil. The, the plant that doesn't believe in soil. This plant doesn't believe it needs to be planted anywhere. It had light, it had water, but it didn't believe that it needed to be planted in Soil, I don't know if it's alive or dead, it looks pretty dead. Um, and the thing is, it may survive, but it will never thrive. It will never thrive. In my, what, 25 years of, of being in ministry, and I've met a lot of people that love Jesus, but they don't love the church. They love Jesus, but they don't like gathering together. They don't believe it's a big deal. I've never met one of those people that love Jesus, don't believe in church, and are thriving in God, and are thriving in ministry. And I may be wrong, but that's my experience. So again, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual, this plant doesn't look very healthy. Like I said before, you just can't separate Jesus from the church. The church is his bride. It's like separating a bride and groom on their honeymoon. It just can't be done. You can't separate Jesus from the church. A couple of verses, Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back is drawing near. Some people say, well, because the, the early church, mostly they met in homes, so I don't believe in the large gathering. Actually, they absolutely love gathering together in large congregations and communities. The only reason why they went to house churches is because persecution hit. It was dangerous for them to meet together in large groups. So they had to join together in home groups. Psalm 122.1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad, not I was depressed when they texted me, you're on cafe this month. Psalm 82, 84.10, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a gatekeeper in my house, in the house of my God, than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. Plant number two, the plant hopper, or the pot hopper, sorry. So this is the plant that is sort of planted into one pot, 
and then a little bit later on doesn't want to be planted in that pot anymore, so it gets planted in this plot. And then maybe a little while later, it decides it doesn't like to be planted in that pot anymore, so it plants, goes back into this pot, and is plant, obviously it's not doing too well. So maybe the, the pot down the road looked better. Maybe it had a better kids' ministry. Maybe it didn't like the consistency of the soil. Maybe it was a little bit scratchy. Maybe it didn't like the color of the pot. Maybe um, it didn't like another plant that was planted in the same pot. So it decides to uproot itself and get replanted in another pot. And the sad thing about this is the cycle just repeats itself. And I know many people like this sooner or later, you know, they come along to church and they love it for a little while. A lot of these people are a little bit critical of um, the church they've just been from, which is always a bit of a warning sign. And um, a little while goes past and there are some things they're not quite happy about with this church. And then maybe a year or two later, they go to another church and then another church and then another church, a pot hopper. Um, when you do this in real life, you realize that after a while, and this is what I did after about a week or so, I unpotted it and replanted it in another one. It damages the roots. The plant gets damaged. You know, there is no such thing as a perfect church. Why? Because you're a part of it. <laughs> I'm a part of it. And you can't run away from yourself. And this is what happens. We, we go to a church and we love that church until someone rubs us up the wrong way, until someone offends us. And God allows those things to happen to build character in our lives. And then people uproot themselves and they never understand that they need to be staying planted in because that's the very process of maturity and wholeness that God wants to do in their life. Is there a legitimate time to leave church? I'm gonna preach about leaving church now, uh, which I don't think you've ever heard a sermon on. But there are legitimate times when we need to leave the church. First of all, heresy. I'm not just talking about an opinion that the pastor preaches that you don't agree with. I mean, you know, when, when sin is now called good or um, they call Jesus Buddha, things like that, heresy. Um, and you should actually leave a church when there is heresy in it. Abuse, toxic leadership, unsafe practices. That's why we absolutely... Um, uh, serious about kids being signed in and signed out and why we um, you know, vet everyone that's in kids ministry because we want to provide a safe place here. But when there's abuse, spiritual, physical, when it's toxic, yeah, it's probably time to leave that church. Genuinely called. Now, when you're offended and you want to leave church, that's not being genuinely called out of that church. Um, and it's quite easy to see if someone's genuinely called because they're very open and transparent with the church leadership. They talk a lot. They get advice. Genuinely called. Not an excuse. Um, you are at real odds with the ethos, or ethos, vision, and values, and beliefs of the church. If you just can't you know, agree with the doctrinal statement or the vision, um, or the, then it's, you know, you're going to be frustrated, and I'm going to be frustrated, and God doesn't want all of us to be frustrated. Um, and I know I said this quite a few years ago, and I got into so much trouble for it. You know, Whangarei is full of incredible churches. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm, my passion is that you're just planted in somewhere. 
planted into a community of believers that you're flourishing and you're growing. I pray that it's this place, but if it's not, please go find some, somewhere else that you can um, do that with all of your heart. Reasons not to leave the church, that, you know, the, the walls are painted black. That the style and music is loud. Do you know, a healthy family is always loud. Man, our family is so loud. And I think it affects my mental health sometimes, especially my daughter-in-law. But I had to text the neighbor last week. So I'm so sorry for the loudness of our house, really. Yeah. But a family, a family is... I asked Monique if I could say that, by the way, so I love it a bit. And maybe one of the reasons why people leave is because they just like, well, I wish that this church did this. I wish. I know, and I've never, pre- I've never quoted Gandhi in church before, but Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in your world. This is a Simon quote. Be the change you want to see in your church. Don't complain if there is a ministry that is not there and you want to see it. Put your hand up and say, I will lead it. I will invest into it. Be the change you want to see in your church. Plant number three, the soil dabbler. This is the plant that loves going to the pot but is not planted in. Sort of likes staying on the surface. It enjoys the pot. It enjoys everything about it, but it's just not planted in. And as you can see, it's not doing very well at all. The soil dabbler, sometimes it dips its root a little bit into the soil, but really it's non-committed at, at all. Out of the 27 books of the New Testament, Paul wrote, 12 or 13 of them. So he wrote a lot of the books in the New Testament, all but four of them, Titus, Philemon, First and Second Timothy, all but four of them, like most of the books Paul wrote was to do with written to churches about how churches work, about how people um, should act when they are together. Just read 1 Corinthians. That was a messed up church. And most of his advice was, you know, when you come together, don't do this. When you come together, do this. The the benchmark was coming together. That was non-negotiable. Most of the teaching in the New Testament is on the understanding that people are meeting together regularly and they are contributed to what uh, they are gathered to. Not just hanging out in the pot and not committed at all. Committed and flourishing. Church only grows two ways. Babies and people coming. That is the only way church is going to grow. They reckon four out of five people will come to church that are unsaved, that haven't been to church before, if They've, you've got a credible friendship with them, like they trust you. And secondly, if you bring them. Four out of five, that is the only way we are gonna grow as a church. We need your help. We need all of you guys to be planted and we need all of you guys to contribute. This is a disciple-making factory. It really is. Jesus said, go into the world and make 
disciples. So every Sunday, this is what I see church as, a disciple-making factory. And you can be a part of seeing disciples made from the car park team. Don't know how I'm gonna survive the second service. The welcome team, to people on the cafe, to people doing the live stream, to people on the cameras, to people on the visual, to people on the, on the computer, the sound, to people in the ministry team, to people on the worship. We all play a part. And if you're missing, other people are missing out. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 to 9. This means the one who plants is not anybody special nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team, but each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden, the house He is building. Now we desperately want guests, visitors, newcomers to come into this place. We desperately want them to feel like they're at home, to feel like they're welcome, to feel like they're not judged. We desperately want to see people hear the Word of God in a simple, easy to understand way. We desperately want lost people to be found by Jesus. We desperately want to see broken people, hurting people, to be healed by the power of God. And yet some people say, well, we're a new church. You're just a seeker-friendly church. The way you've changed your services. Think about that. Seeker-friendly. friendly to people seeking. We wanna be a church that's friendly to people that are seeking Jesus. Absolutely, I wear that proudly. Yes, we are a seeker friend. What do you wanna be, a seeker hostile church? (laughs) Not one of those seeker friendly churches. What you're saying is you're a seeker hostile church. You've just developed a culture of your own and it's so far away from the, the, the language of the world that you just become so irrelevant. Now, I'm, I'm old school. We're at Renew Church. We're old school in our thinking and our beliefs, absolutely, but definitely contemporary in the way, the packaging of the gospel. Why? Because we love the lost. Plant number four, the pot watcher. Online church is absolutely awesome for two groups of people. First of all, people that are searching for God that have never been to church before. And we've got people that are committed now into this church, but uh, at the beginning they were a little bit too shy to come to church, so they watched the, the live stream. And that was great. It's, it's so important now um, as, as a mission, as an evangelistic tool to, to show people a little bit about what church is like. People that are searching for the truth, live stream, online church is so important. And another group of people, um, when you really want to come to church, but you just can't come to church. For example, lockdown, Um, when you're really, really sick for whatever reason and you can't make church. Guys, raining is not a good reason. (laughs) It's cold is not a good reason. So those are the only two reasons. If you can get to a physical gathering, that's what church is. Online church will only ever be an experience. You can never contribute. You can never really be planted in to an online church service. So everyone that's stayed at home this morning, please, I'm sorry um, if you're watching this. (laughs) Hopefully you can see my heart. And again, I've talked to pastors and they've got, I heard from one pastor, 100,000 people watching his live stream. 
But he's very, very strong in this. It's watching church is not being a part of church. Being planted in, being contributed to it, that's what church is. And again, people are missing out because you are so gifted. And God's gifted you with some incredible gifts so that you can serve and bless other people. You can't do that when, you, when you're in your onesies eating Doritos in bed, watching the live stream. You really can't. Introverts. Man, I am such an introvert. And we can use our introversion as an excuse, but uh, basically what an introvert is, you're around people and you get a little bit drained, so you go home to be by yourself to recharge. It never, ever, ever meant that you just stay away from people. The only thing that's gonna be saved is people. Jesus came to save people. We are created to show Jesus' love to people. So don't use your introversion as an excuse. Okay, plant five. Plant it in. I'm so glad that this worked. The plant that is planted in that knows that being in soil, a fertile soil with nutrients is healthy. It may not even like the look of the, the pot. It might not be its preference, but it understands being planted in, being with its roots down is so important. And I know it's a pansy. It's interesting that I chose pansies for this um, thing. <laughs> But just imagine if it was a fruit tree, um, as it keeps pl being planted in and growing in the same spot over time, it becomes strong. It starts to be a blessing to others. It, it yields fruit. And that's what God's called all of us to do. Psalm 1 verse 1 onwards. What delight comes to the one who follows God's way. He won't walk and step with the wicked, nor share in the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His passion is to remain true to the word of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. He will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. To finish off, I just want to give four real quick um, I guess, points, but really it's just my heart to this church, about church. Number one, understand the importance of church gathering. Um, church gathering is super important, and it has been right through the Bible. Um, why? To worship God. Gathering together to worship God, being salt and light, being the vehicle to see God's purposes fulfilled on planet Earth, the place where God is, disciple-making factory, being heaven's embassy, and it's so much more. When we understand the importance of church, when we understand the biblical pattern, you understand that being planted in is so important. So understand that. Get some good teaching about it. Uh, look at the, the Bible and read the New Testament through new eyes of what the church means. Called out to gather together for a purpose. Number two, be needed, be known, be invested. Everyone needs to be needed. And we need you to serve on service teams to be a part of the disciple-making process. You know, almost every team at the moment is crying out for new people 
to be involved. And I've, I've done the maths for people that are committed to this church. If we all just um, committed at least one service a month, we could cover it easily. So we need to be needed. We needed you. We need to be known. We need to get involved in small groups. And we also need to be invested. We need to, to put ourselves into this church so that there is a cost. There is um, a thing in our brain called the reticular activating system. And this thing in our brain actually drives us towards and makes us passionate for the things that we dwell on. And it just, something happens in our brain. And um, you know that verse that says, Matthew 6, 21, wherever your treasure is there, your desires of your heart will also be. It's an interesting one. It doesn't say the other way around. It actually says, where you put your money, your heart's gonna follow. And you're gonna become more passionate about that. And man, I've had a million hobbies and I know this for a fact. Uh, the more I research something, the more I put money into it, the more passionate I get about that thing. If we wanna become more passionate about Jesus' bride, if we wanna become more crazy in love, zealous, passionate for church, let's put our finances into church. Now, I've never really preached on tithing in the last 25 years, but I'm gonna to start to. You know, since 1990, giving into churches has down 50%. 50%. Tithers only make up 10 to 25% of any congregation. And on average, Christians only give 2.5% percent of their income to churches. I'm the only one that's full-time staff here and we've got a few that are part-time. But just imagine what we could do with more finances into the house of God. Now, two men that I absolutely want to honour this morning and their heart, they, they volunteer so many hours a week and that's Wayne Garden and Richard Venning. And I don't know where we would be without them. But the thing is, they're in their 70s, almost mid-70s. Where are the younger generations? So I've been praying to God lately, God, please give me some more men like Richard and Wayne or make them live to 150. <laughs> they are needed here. They, they are known here. They invest here on Last Sunday, when we showed the amazing video that Stephen did about the, about the roof, you know, the ones that were emotional about that, and I was, the ones that were cheering the loudest, I can guarantee are the ones that invested financially into that. If you want to be passionate for the house of God, start to invest. Number three, do it for your kids. I, I thank God so much for my mum and dad that instilled in me from the time I was pretty much born that church attendance was important. In those days, it was Sunday morning, Sunday night, sometimes Sunday afternoon, during the week, um, rehearsals and Bible study as well. It wasn't just once on a Sunday morning. I love my mum and dad for that. You know, it just takes one generation for a nation to turn away from God. And this is the problem that I'm seeing, and please see my heart. A lot of people my age now with kids, my age that are intermittent in their church attendance, you hardly ever see their kids at church, and their kids are growing up understanding that church is not important. I want to share this quote. I didn't make it up, but I think it's important. I say it with love. 
If you show by your actions that church is not a priority, don't be surprised when your children show by their actions that Jesus is not a priority. If you show by your actions that church is not a priority, don't be surprised when your children show by their actions that Jesus is not a priority. The future history makers of this nation, we understand that church is the hope of the world. We need to show them by our actions, by our commitment, that church is important. And lastly, fall in love with church all over again. I was going to say, make church great again, but my kids say, Simon, don't say that. Just say. <laughs> the future and health of Whangarei depends on the churches being bright. Not believers being separated and hanging out by themselves and being cold embers. But when the church of the city and our local congregations coming together and joining together and serving together and being a fiery blaze together, that's what the city needs. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website, renewchurch.nz.